Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi there. Welcome to Prayer Warriors. This Need. conference is being recorded. Prayer Warriors are needed. We're just enjoying some of the beautiful music, celebrating God, giving Him all the honor and the praise. This record is grace enough. There's grace enough. No matter what you're going through, you have to know that God has some grace reserved for you. There's nothing we've done to warrant or demand His faithfulness. And though we may not be faithful, he's just a faithful and a loving God. There's faith enough, grace enough to pull you through. And no matter how blue your yesterdays were, know that there's grace enough. Thank you, Lord. There's grace enough for you. That's mm. so good to know in such a a wicked world to live in, just knowing, you know, these demons in high places are just trying to take us out, but we can stand on God's word and say there's grace enough. His grace and mercy is sufficient. Thank you. Oh, this is another one of my favorites. Yeah, you a T.I.? You, you, you need to think of this one. Yeah, this is a deep one. Come to while we have time. I could just imagine these churches were packed. When you go through this this thing coming at you left and right, you know God's talking to you. So we give God all the honor and the praise. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We continue, Jesus, in a humble heart. Worship, exalt, magnify your name. A thirst and yearning for Bible study, get a better understanding. God, we thank you and we praise you. Make up your mind. We can do nothing. He will make your mind brand new. He'll do things. We thank you. He will take care of you. The devil wants to make you have doubt. Just stand on God's word. Get 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 to know what this thing is called spiritual warfare. Snag the devil. Make a U turn. And with the internet you can do it on your own. You don't have to do anything. Don't put your trust in man. That's why they put all these corrupt ones out here to discourage people. Yeah, but it's a man. I get it. Why we have time? Yeah, it's an old timer, but it's really, I I love it. 
and this man was preaching. Come to Ooh. Jesus. This is an old, old school gospel. Oh. While you have time, come to Jesus. Right. Make right. up your mind. Yeah. Up. Thank you. Your In the midst of the storm, he will take care of you. Every T.I. is a living witness. They're still here, may not like your life, how it's going, what's going on, but this is temporary. It is temporary. While we have time, while we have time, hmm. We have all the time that God gives us. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mother. You want to pray? Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for inviting us tonight to praise your matchless name. To God be the glory. Glory to God. Bless us individually and collectively. Mother, can you hear me? Yes, I do. Okay. He will take care of you. I'm a living witness. Come to Jesus. While we have time, while we have time. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-
Sometimes change the pace. But that devil know he's a liar from the pit of hell. I don't care how they trying to disrupt your life. Turn it upside down. Keep your eye on God. We believe in seeing the believe in the unseen. God can turn any curse into a blessing. The devil is a liar. Make up your mind. Mm-hmm. It will make your life brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. That word was just on my mind. you. Come to Jesus. While we have time. Yeah. We. And time. Now is the time. Thank you. God a While we have time. This day, the day before, every day. Amen. Oh, wow, I love that minister. Okay, let me find that. I just got a... All the time. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Where is this item? You got in me. Then just, I'm going to turn this there. Where's the iTunes? I'm trying to find this button. One second. What happened? Where is it? Ay, ay, ay. Close doors. Okay. All right, that's the God in me and the God in you. I've got some awesome records. I mean, when I first was going through this psych, uh, demonic program here, this targeting, what? I had to fly, I had to find my strength. And it's called spiritual warfare. I recommend to anyone 
targeted individual. You know, these people are just, this government has just made a U-turn from God. And it is not normal to have the tax people after you, the student loan people, debt collector people, everybody you know, job cutting up. That's not normal. That is by design. There's uh, some there's some evil forces running this government. This is normal. Um, we just we just know that God is in charge, and I believe He allows it. So we recognize that it's not our education or our money that brings us through this life, because there are a lot of people with lots of money that are just on death row. So that money is not, you know, it's very important, yes, and it does a lot to encourage people, but um, that is not the deciding factor to keep you in the land of the living. And um, so, you know, even if these people tearing your life up is called, you can find joy in God. In the Lord. You know, we just thank God for the internet and everything. We don't longer have to depend on being able to just get, you know, uh, in circles, even though the Bible says it's good to meet with other believers, yeah. but, uh, you know, so much, you know, you can't put, the Bible says don't put your trust in man, put your trust in God. At all times. At all times, right. So tonight we're looking at, uh, we're studying biblical history. We have learned the Bible is a book of uh, history, law, knowledge, um, no, there's specific subjects, mother, history, law. Uh, poetry, literature, revel- prophecy, history, law, um, poetry, prophecy, and literature, five areas, right? And right now we're, we're studying the history, the biblical history of Israel. And it's so, it's so informative because we just find so, we're just reliving history to some extent. Every nation that went, uh, that their leaders, whether you had they had kings in those days and prophets and and things of that nature, when they, if that king was out of order, the whole the people did suffer. And we've learned that every place that decided to do their own thing, there was definitely ramifications for that. And the places in when people chose to worship God and basically get that demon out of their governance structures, that those people prospered in health, in abundance through God, and just the whole economy, everything prospered when the governance structures were following the will of God, the Ten Commandments. Right. All right. Okay. So now we're going to take a look at um, the history. We'll be looking at history tonight, the story of Nehemiah. And um, this will be our last chapter for the biblical history of Israel. And um, then we'll have a final exam. But I do want to start with weapons for spiritual warfare because I know so many people are in this uh, type of uh, program here, uh, just so beat down with weapons of spiritual warfare that you must have some type of countermeasure, some type of strength to keep you going. And I found this very encouraging, so I am going to uh, share it with the uh, audience here. I have one sister... She had called me. Let me get up the light. The word of God. 
and I know she really gets uh, a bad situation now. So let's see. I had missed. I, I missed this call, so I just wanna. Hi, my dear. You gonna pray with us? Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, can you, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I was with you. I'm you. I'm gonna put you in, okay? Yes. Yes, I want to join you. Okay, wonderful. We're looking at weapons for spiritual warfare. And then we're gonna go into the story of Nehemiah. And you have a little background noise. If you want, you could just yeah. mute. Okay, I will. Okay. Unless you want to pray first. Do you want to pray first? Yes, I think we should. Would you like to pray first, Ann? Okay. All right, she muted. Okay. Weapons for spiritual warfare for those going through a very difficult time. The Bible tells us that our your loins girt about with truth. What are loins? Loins, L-O-I-N-S, refers to our minds. Peter said, guard up the loins of your mind, 1 Peter uh, 1.13. That means fill your mind with the word of God. Thank you. Find those encouraging scriptures, buy books that says scriptures, uh, God, biblical scriptures of encouragement, and keep your mind, fill your mind with the word of God. Number two, your breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covers the vital organs and speaks of the heart. The breastplate of righteousness fortifies your heart against the enemy's attacks. Allow the righteousness revealed in God's word to influence your mind and touch your heart. By book, spiritual warfare, inspirational uh uh, uh, scriptures that motivate you. Keep your mind stayed on him that you will and ask the Holy Ghost to touch your heart as you're reading, to give you a revelation, better understanding of why is this going on, you know, why, you know, don't try to, uh, you know, uh, outfigure God, but he has a reason for everything, you know, just it's you and God, you make your own communications. I'm not saying don't ask questions because he didn't create us without a mind, so we're supposed to ask questions. But above all, we need to, we want to learn whatever we are being taught, good, bad, or indifferent, it is going to make us a better person. So number that was number two, your breastplate of righteousness, which is the righteousness revealed in God's word, the Bible, uh, let it influence your mind and touch your heart. Again, um, for me, my library just grew. I, I bought all kinds of, um, I understand in this thing called spiritual warfare, that was number one. I said, oh, no, oh, no. I knew it was out of order. So keep your mind stayed on the word of God's word. And it will touch your heart, and you'll see a difference, all right? Three is your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word of God must affect your walk and your life. This happens as the word fills your mind. It touches your heart, and it's manifested or seen in your walk. It all begins with the mind. You begin to read about the Word of God. You hear the Word of God. You, 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 you know. I know for myself. I mean, I wasn't doing no, 
no Bible study and all of that, but uh, God allows things to happen. I was like, no, I need to find out what's going on. And everything I said, well, I need countermeasures. I know this is evil. How do you fight evil? You sure can't take no cannon to fight evil, no gun, none of that. You have to know it when you're dealing with an evil force, the, the power, only power over evil is the power of God. And that's why spirit, spiritual warfare, um, developing and growing spiritually, I, I don't know any other way to fight this wicked demon, particularly in New York State. There, there's, a, there's a whole group of them. But in the name of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus, those demons will come down. We keep on reading the word, studying the word. Amen. Okay, so your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means the word of God must affect your walk, your life. Well, this happens when you heard fills your mind, it touches your heart, and it's manifested in your walk. It all begins with your mind. You begin to read and hear the word, and it begins to influence and fill your heart with truth. This affects your actions and your daily life. Yes. That's what the feet, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Number four, your shields of faith. Faith brings powerful results. For when faith is joined with the results of the word in your mind and heart and life, you can withstand the onslaught of the enemy and render the enemy's fiery darts ineffective. Let me read that again. This is the key. Your shield of faith, keeping your faith. God, will, this, these demons will do, not God, these demons will do so much, to, and they'll send people to discourage you. Are you still praying and this is going on and that? You, you don't tell God his timing. God tells us. So your shield of faith, this means faith brings powerful results. For when faith is joined with the results of the word in your mind, what you study, those encouraging words from God, the word in your mind, your heart, and your life, you can withstand the onslaught of the enemy and render the enemy's fiery darts ineffective. Studying the word of God, you're keeping your mind on the way. You've got your scriptures, you've got your verses that tell you that God can turn a curse into a blessing, that God is the God of the impossible, that God God has a, a way of doing things that no one can understand. You keep your mind on truth, on every, everything that you know of God, everything the Bible says. Understand the Bible is an authority. I don't care how many people try to, oh, you all know who wrote it. Just guess what? You can go to court and cite the Bible and win a case just on that citation. So the Bible is authority. I don't. It doesn't matter how many times it was rewritten. If you know, if, it, if it's serving its purpose, it's counteracting evil. Then I'm. I'm. I know that that has helped me. So the shield of faith is critically important, and that shield of faith again will help us onslaught uh, the attacks of the enemy and render the enemy's fiery darts ineffective. Number five, the helmet of salvation. Once the truth enters your mind, that means the word of God, it touches your heart and it's manifested in your actions. It becomes your nature. The helmet of salvation is the doctrine of the word that brings balance to your life and it keeps you walking steady in the spirit. Number six, 
your sword of the spirit. All the armor up to this point has served a defensive purpose. This is the sword of the spirit. This is now we're learning about um, the sword of the spirit. All the armor up to this point has served a defensive purpose intended for use in facing the enemy. The sword of the spirit is the word of God, and it is intended to be used as an offensive weapon against the enemy. In three consecutive instances, Jesus Christ himself used the word of God as he resisted Satan's temptation, repeatedly saying, it is written, the sword of the spirit helps you take back the territory that belongs to you, your family, your finances, and your health. It's the word of God again. And then number seven, your time spent in prayer and supplication of the Spirit. Are you growing in God? Are you are you saying your Are you praying? Are you supplication praying for you know constantly? Like I don't understand God why this is happening, but I know that you have a reason. I I accept my assignment. I don't. I may not like it, but I accept my assignment. Now I need you to direct and guide me to make a difference on this earth. Your time spent in prayer and supplication is number seven. These are measures to fight evil. The final weapon also to be used as an offense is prayer that covers and clothes us like a mantle. The time has never been more critical for believers to be armed and ready with the spiritual weapons that God has provided. I cannot emphasize this enough. Our lives and the lives of our loved ones may hang in the balance of us praying and doing what we're supposed to do. Spreading the word. Right, spreading the word of counteracting these chronic attacks. Okay, so that one I just wanted to uh, basically uh, go over some spiritual weapons. Now we're going to take a look at our Bible study lesson. We are studying, let me close some of these windows. We are studying the, where is it, uh, the biblical history of Israel. Amen. And our, our main character tonight, oh boy, I closed all the windows. Yes, your word, your word, Lord. This is too many places. Uh, this is a new cap. Um, I closed the window. Hmm. Okay, we are studying. Who is it? Where's the history? Here it is. History. Show history. Nehemiah. Okay, there it is. All right. Thank you, God. And stay on page for that one. Lesson 11. Reconference, and are you sure you want to leave this page? You will have to log in again and may lose your current conference date. I'm going to stay on the page. Why is it keep saying stay on page? On the page. 
All right, Nehemiah. <clears throat> Let's take a look of the book of Nehemiah in the biblical history of Israel. Watch out. Uh, we're doing the whole book of uh, Nehemiah. We're just going to do a review. Um, it's only it's not a long book. It looks like it goes from one to thirteen. Okay. Uh, all right, in Chapter 1, they discuss the rec- reconstruction of the wall, the preparation to reconstruct the wall, the discovery of the broken wall, intercession of Nehemiah, <clears throat> the arrival of Nehemiah in Jerusalem, and the preparation to reconstruct the wall. Then we have the actual reconstruction, then the record of the builders. The word of God. Okay. Unmuted. Just trying to okay. As the cut down on the noise is is when <clears throat> when I'm reading, it's it too complicated. So plus read the Bible. Um, all right, let's go back to we're doing Nehemiah and um, oh yeah yeah where it got where it is okay. All right, we're looking at the history. Biblical history of Israel. <clears throat> and uh, let me go through this. All right, so chapter one, we said, went into the reconstruction of the wall, the record of the builders, opposition to reconstruct. There was a lot of opposition. Then we have, oh, this computer has just a little too small for my eyes. Mm-mm, I can't do it. Okay, then in part two is the restoration of the people, the renewal of the covenant. Um, There was an interpretation of the laws, the reaffirmation of the covenant, 
the obedience of the covenant, the resettlement of the people, register of the priests and the Levites, dedication of the, of the Jerusalem wall, and finally restoration of the people. The Christ of Nehemiah. What is the Christ of Nehemiah? Let's take a look. Like Ezra, Nehemiah portrays Christ in his ministry of restoration. Nehemiah illustrates Christ in that he gives us a high position in order to identify with the plight of his people. He comes with a specific mission, and he fulfills it. His life is characterized by prayerful dependence upon God. In this book, Nehemiah, everything is restored except the king. The temple is rebuilt. Jerusalem is restored. The covenant is renewed. And the people are reformed. The Messianic line is intact, but the king is yet to come. The decree of uh, Terexis in his 20th year, Nehemiah 2.2, it marks the beginning point of Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks. Now, to know, know therefore, and understand that from, that from the going forth of the command to restore and build uh, Jerusalem uh, until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome. Uh, Daniel 9.25, the Messiah will come at the end of the 69 weeks, and this is exactly fulfilled in A.D. 30. What are the keys to Nehemiah? The key words of Nehemiah are Jerusalem's walls. While Ezra deals with the religious restoration of of Judah, Nehemiah is primarily concerned with Judah's political and geographical restoration. The first seven chapters are devoted to the rebuilding of Jerusalem's walls. Jerusalem was the spiritual and political center of Judah. Without walls, Jerusalem could hardly be considered a city at all. As governor, Nehemiah also establishes firm civil authority. Ezra and Nehemiah work together to build the people spiritually and morally so that the restoration will be complete. The key verses are Nehemiah 6.15 and 8.8. The key chapter of Nehemiah is chapter 9. The key to the Old Testament is the covenant, which is the theme and the unifying factor to Israel's history. Israel's history can be divided according to the nation's obedience or disobedience to God's covenant. They receive blessings from obedience and destruction from disobedience. Nehemiah chapter 9 records that upon completion of the Jerusalem wall, the nation reaffirmed to loyalty to the covenant. Summary of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was closely associated with the ministry of his contemporary Ezra. Ezra was a priest who brought spiritual revival. Nehemiah was a governor. Oh, I did this last time. Okay. Nehemiah was a governor who brought physical and political reconstruction and led the people in moral reform. They combined to make an effective team in rebuilding the post-exilic remnant, Malachi, the last Old Testament prophet. He also ministered during this time to provide additional moral and spiritual direction. 
The book of Nehemiah takes us to the end of the historical account in the Old Testament about 400 years before the birth of the promised Messiah. It is two divisions, the reconstruction of the walls, chapter 1 through 7, and the restoration of the people, chapters 8 through 13. The reconstruction of the wall is covered in the early part of Nehemiah 1 to 7. Nehemiah's great concern for his people and the wealthy of Jerusalem leads him to take bold action. The walls of Jerusalem destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. evidently had been almost rebuilt after 464 B.C. when Artaxerxes took the throne of Persia. When Nehemiah heard that opposition led to their second destruction, he prayed on behalf of his people and then secures Artaxerxes' permission, provision, and protection for the massive project of rebuilding the walls. The return under Nehemiah in 444 B.C. took place 13 years after the return led by Ezra and 94 years after the return led by Zerubbabel. Nehemiah inspects the walls and challenges the people to rise up and build. build. Work began immediately on the wall and its gates, with people building portions of the wall corresponding to where they were living. However, opposition quickly arose, first in the form of mockery, then in the form of conspiracy, when the work was progressing at an alarming rate. Nehemiah overcame threats of force by setting half of the people on military watch and half on construction. Yes, it is. While the external opposition continues to mount, internal opposition also surfaces. The wealthier Jews were abusing and oppressing the people, forcing them to mortgage their property and sell their children into slavery. Nehemiah again dealt with the problems by the twin means of prayer and action. He also led by example when he sacrificed his governor's salary. In spite of deceit, slander, and treachery, Nehemiah continued to trust in God and to press on with singleness of mind until the work was completed. The task is accomplished in an incredible 52 days. Even the enemies recognize that it can only have been accomplished with the help of God. The restoration of the people is the second half of Nehemiah. The construction of the walls was followed by consecration and consolidation of the people. Ezra the priest was the leader of the spiritual revival. Reminiscent of the reforms he led 13 years earlier from Ezra, Ezra stood on a special wooden podium after the completion of the walls and he gave the people a marathon reading of the law, translating from the Hebrew into the Aramaic so that they can understand the people rejoiced at the reading of the law. The Levites and priests led them in a great prayer that surveyed God's past work of deliverance and loyalty on behalf of his people. They magnified God's attributes of holiness, justice, mercy, and love. The covenant was then renewed with God as the people committed themselves to separate from the Gentiles in marriage and obey God's commandments. Lots were drawn to determine who would remain in Jerusalem and who would return to the cities of their inheritance. One-tenth of the people were required to stay in Jerusalem while the priests and the people 
uh, resettled in the rest of the land. The walls of Jerusalem were dedicated to the Lord in a joyful ceremony accompanied by instrumental and vocal music. Unfortunately, Ezra's revival was short-lived. Nehemiah, who returned to Persia in 432 B.C., he made a second trip to Jerusalem about 425 B.C. to reform the people. He cleansed the temple, enforced the Sabbath, and required the people to put away all of their foreign wives. The background of Nehemiah tells us that the title came from him uh, being a premier character. The book of Nehemiah is named after its main character, Nehemiah. Okay, and its opening words, Nehemiah one one in all in all Old Testament canon lists, Nehemiah has been classified as a historical book. Both Hebrew and Greek Bibles of the earliest century treated Ezra and Nehemiah as one book. The two book classifications of our English Bibles may be traced back to the uh, Latin Vulgate Bible. The date and authorship of the book of Nehemiah is fairly well established. Authorship of the book may be attributed to Nehemiah, who probably wrote most of it around 420 B.C. Some parts of the book contains his memoirs. The man Nehemiah. Nehemiah was born of Jewish parents in exile, and he was given the name Nehemiah, meaning the comfort of Jehovah. We may gather from these details that Nehemiah's home was a godly one. At a young age, he was appointed a responsible office of being cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. This was the contact that God later used to secure imperial permission for the return for the return to Jerusalem of the third contingent exiles, namely Nehemiah and his project crew. Nehemiah was truly a man of God. He had a sensitive ear to God's voice concerning even the details of the work he was doing. Prayer was a natural and essential part of his life. He knew what work was he, he knew prayer was right, a central part of his life. He worked diligently and inspired others to do the same. When opposition arose from the enemy, he stood strong and tall. He was he was alert also to the subversive plots of false brethren in the Jewish commonwealth. When some of his own people became discouraged, he was instrumental in turning their eyes to the help of God, and he found a, a ready response. And found a ready response. He was a leader, worker, soldier, servant of God, Nehemiah was God's servant. Uh, historical background. There's a period of 12 years after the book of Ezra closes, 457 B.C., before the book of Nehemiah begins its story. Then Nehemiah records events of the next 20 years from 445 to 425 B.C. The purpose of the book. In general, the book of Nehemiah seeks to show how God favored his people so recently exiled by strengthening their roots in the homeland of Judah in the face of all kinds of opposition. Specifically, the book shows how the broken-down walls of Jerusalem and the failing faith of the Jews were restored. The book accounts the divine and being manifest, the divine well-being manifestation through the competent leadership of Nehemiah, a man of prayer and faith. 
and through a host of Jewish brethren who responded to the divine challenge to rise and build. The prominent subjects of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is shown to be a man of prayer. Prayer is prominent through the book of Nehemiah. Study especially the prayer of 1 Nehemiah 4.11. Note his confession, claim, plea, and the underlying tone. Building projects are a major portion of the book in chapters 1 through 7. The historians, the historians Ezra and Nehemiah, have recorded for us practically all that is to be known of Jewish history during the Restoration period from 538 to 425 B.C. Nehemiah's contribution uh, was a firsthand account of the part he played especially in the rebuilding of Jerusalem's wall. This project was not accomplished during the three years covered by the book of Ezra. It, 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 it all began for Nehemiah when he was serving as cupbearer in the palace of Artaxerxes, king of Persia. When Nehemiah received news of the affliction and the reproach of the Jewish remnant in Judah and most recent desolation of Jerusalem's walls and gates, his heart burned with a sense of urgency that something must be done. How God stirred Nehemiah to lead the fellow men in rebuilding what had been broken down, the city's walls, but more important, the city's face is told in these chapters. The work begins in chapters 3, in chapter 3, 1 through 32. The work continues despite opposition from different directions. First, there was opposition, opposition from without, Next came opposition from within. Lastly came opposition from with the outside again. Despite opposition, the work is finished. The building program is completed. Jerusalem is then guarded. And lastly, the families are resettled. The completion <clears throat> of building a project was a blow to the enemies of Israel. Nehemiah reports that they were much cast down, for they recognized that his work had been accomplished with the help of God. There is then a period of revival. A major turn was made in the book of Nehemiah 7-7. Nehemiah 7-7, the shift was from the physical and material rebuilding to building for spiritual security. The reading of God's word was given no higher honor (coughs) than that's shown in chapter 8. Thanksgiving and pe- Thanksgiving was blended with worship and praise together in sublime and starting proportions in the prayer of chapter 9. The people's determination to prove the sincerity of that prayer by action was wonderfully exemplified in chapter 10. The people sol- solemnly co- covenant to walk in God's laws which they were proud to claim as having come to them through Moses, God's servant. Among other things, they said, we will not neglect the house of our God, Nehemiah 10. The passing of time would tell how faithfully they and their children would keep the covenant. Lastly, the book records consolidation. The last chapters of Nehemiah record the important aspect of Israel's life as they entered a phase of consolidation. Those aspects were the nation's size and distribution, the nation's defense, and the nation's purity. The same subjects appeared early in the book, but in a slightly different context. 
The key words and verses of Nehemiah, some of the key words are build, remember, pray, wall, work, mercy, disobedience, thanksgiving. Suggested key verses are Nehemiah 2.17, Nehemiah 2.17, application of Nehemiah in our lives. Application of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an invigorating and challenging book showing what God can do through a remnant of believers who rose to God's call through his servant to restore vital worship, relationship with him, problems, pains, prayer, and preservation are some of the ingredients of the success story of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah illustrates the believing, the illustrative of the believing Jews, Christians, Broken down walls of the Christian life in need of restoration, as in prayer and worship service. Rebuilding the wall, the walls, revival and restoration. The subject of revival is often discussed by Christians, but has often experienced, but is less often experienced. Right? Revival is the renewal of the believer's intimate relationship with God. The price of revival is high. But the way is simple. The three chapters present that way. These three chapters present that way in the correct order. Nehemiah chapter 8 shows the work of God's word, that is exposure to and understanding of the word. Nehemiah chapter 9 shows the experience of genuine prayer, which is confession of sin and worship of God. Nehemiah, and then three, Nehemiah chapter 10, it shows decision and action in the spirit of sacrifice. And that's it. That's this, our story of Nehemiah. Let's take a look at our quiz. Nehemiah was a priest who brought spiritual revival in Jerusalem. True or false? That is undoubtedly true. Nehemiah was a priest who brought spiritual Wait a minute. I put true. Nehemiah was a priest who brought spiritual revival in Jerusalem. Oh, it's false because it wasn't Jerusalem, or maybe it was Judah? Yeah, Nehemiah uh, was a governor. Oh, he was a priest. Oh, my, right, that is right. Nehemiah was a governor who brought physical and political reconstruction and led the people in moral reform. So Nehemiah was a priest who brought spiritual revival in Jerusalem. That I mean, yeah, that's false. Yeah, he was a governor who brought spiritual revival. Who was the last prophet who ministered during the time of Nehemiah and Ezra? Was it Malachi, Ezekiel, Zephaniah, or Isaiah? I would say Malachi, and Malachi it is. What can we learn from Nehemiah when it comes to dealing with problems? We should run away whenever we face problems of all kinds. Uh, prayer and action are the proper way to deal with problems. Seeking counsel from a wise man is always the solution to all problems. What can we learn from Nehemiah when it comes to dealing with problems? And I would say prayer and action are the proper way to deal with problems. And that is correct. Prayer and action are the proper ways to deal with problems. The Jewish name of Nehemiah is Nia, which means my God is king, helper, the comfort of Jehovah, or Yahweh is salvation. 
I do remember reading that. The Jewish name of Nehemiah is Nehemiah, which means my God is king or helper or the comfort of Jehovah or Yahweh is salvation. Let's see. Oh, boy. What they do to my computer? Oh, computer went down. What was that? All right, Yahweh is... No, it's not Yahweh is... Uh, my God is king. That's what you said, Mother? My God is king. The Jewish name of Nehemiah is Nehem Yahweh, which means... Right, I think it was... Um, Right. The choice is helper, my God is king, the comfort of Jehovah, or Yahweh is salvation. The Jewish name of Nehemiah is Nehemiah, which means the comfort of Jehovah. Okay, the book of Nehemiah seeks to show how God favored his people by strengthening their roots in the homeland of Judah in the face of all kinds of Opposition, again, the book of Nehemiah seeks to show how God favored his people by strengthening their roots in the homeland of Judah in the face of all kinds of opposition, true or false, that is true. What are the prominent subjects in the book of Nehemiah? Is it building projects, prayer, consolidation, or revival? Please check one or more. Oh, I knew it was more. What are the prominent subjects in the book of Nehemiah? Building projects it was. Prayer is definitely one. I know revival, um, and they did talk about consolidation, so that is correct. What are the prominent subjects in the book of Nehemiah? Prayer, building projects, revival, and consolidation, all of them. All right, they give me some letters here. L, A, V-R-I-V-E is the renewal of the believer's intimate relationship with God. Okay. Uh, Blank is the renewal of the believer's intimate relationship with God. That is revival. Revival is the renewal of the believer's intimate relationship with God. Revival is correct. All right. What chapter in the book of Nehemiah shows the experience of genuine prayer, which is a confession of sin and worship of God. I think that was in the end. So the chapter, it's Nehemiah 10, 7, 8, or 9. I'm going to start with 10. Oh, 10 is not the answer. All right, what chapter in the book of Nehemiah shows the experience of genuine prayer, which is a confession of sin and worship? Maybe it was. I said no answer given. All right. Uh, chapter, the answer is 9, Nehemiah 9. Nehemiah 9 is the book is the book that shows the experience of genuine prayer, which is a confession of sin and exaltation. What chapter in the book of Nehemiah shows the work of God Word, the exposure to and understanding of the word. 
Oh, boy. Check one. Oh, one answer. But I thought I said one or more. What chapter in the book of Nehemiah shows the work of God's word, the exposure to an understanding of God's word? Was it chapter 9, 10, 7, or 8? And it was chapter... It's not seven. It is chapter eight. What chapter in the book of Nehemiah shows the work of God's word, the exposure to and understanding of God's word? Now it's chapter eight. What chapter in the book of Nehemiah shows the decision and action in the spirit of sacrifice? Mm. That's the spirit of... uh, when they were having their revivals, that is chapter. In the spirit of sac, chapter ten, it is in the spirit of sacrifice. And okay, that's it. So God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the, our history book. Um, we thank you for the Bible, basic instructions before leaving Earth. We thank you, God, for the contributions of Nehemiah for his exemplary exemplary background to just live a life serving God and to write down all that he saw and all the differences that he saw when people serve God. God, we thank you that he listened to you. He left a job as a governor to serve God. God, you're the awesome God. You're a mighty God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for giving us a book to reflect on, to see that when nations followed your rules, your regulations, when nations listened to your your prophets and ministers that truly love you, how nations flourished. So, God, if we're going to be in a nation that doesn't want to do your will, God, please help us get out of it. Get out of the way so that they can perish by themselves. Direct us, Heavenly Father, guide us. Lead each and one of your people where you would have them be, Heavenly Father. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. God, as we're going into a new election, I bind and rebuke every demon spirit trying to work on attacking our governing structures again. I bind that demon spirit of inciting a riot that's going on right now. Every demon working in that man, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, I I ask you to bring out a, a candidate that can show the truth of what's going on, and keep that demon away from our leadership positions. God, we thank you that we're reading this Bible to get a better understanding that kings, whether they're kings, prophets, whatever ones have been holding these positions, they need to be men and women of God. God, let this nation put you back as the first and the foremost, understanding you are the creator of it all. This nation can't do anything without you, Heavenly Father. And, God, we rebuke and we plead the blood of Jesus on every demon trying to usurp authority over our governing structures, every demon trying to usurp authority in the White House over the president, and every demon trying to do the work of Hitler in the name of Jesus. I bind, rebuke it, and send it back to the pit of hell. I bind that demon spirit up. I plead the blood, the blood, the blood, and I thank you, God, for other praying people. And I ask you, God, to use your people to work together, to let the devil know he's a liar. He he did not create this earth. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we will worship and adore and and exalt God's name. And every demon trying to have authority over God's people or his, and his, our governing structures, 
May they fall back to the pit of hell they came from in the name of Jesus. May we continue to grow in your word and learn more, Heavenly Father. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory, and we ask you, God, to place a man of God in there to make the work with laws that are aligned with the Bible, because it's more than uh, a coincidence when, when we get leaders in there and they're making laws that reverse biblical principles. There are sacrifices that come with that. We bind every demon that want to use the platform of governance, position, or leadership, or any legal department to do the work of Satan by reversing the words of God, reversing the laws of God. We bind rebuke and we send to the pit of hell through the blood of Jesus Christ every attempt they've made to do that. And we ask you, God, to continue to guide your people and wisen them up to know that this is more than just a little law. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. And we thank you. Mother, you were saying something. You want to, uh, Ann or Mom, you want to pray before we close out? Praise you were praying. Go ahead, mother. Huh? You were praying. Go ahead. No, I think God finished because I have a, a pain in my shoulder where I fell in the hole the other day. Okay, I'll give you a pill. Yeah, and I want to put. Ann, would you like to pray? Ann. I know. It is, what, 239? Okay. But at least we prayed. Right. Give God the honor and the praise. And um, I'm just, I just thank God. I'm not going to even complain. I've, they've just done so much to my computers. That's what really is making me so late. So I do want to apologize. Wow, messing up your computer. You know, I, I, every time I turn, I have to buy a new one, bring the old one back. You know, not the old one, but taken in before it expires because... Uh, they're coming inside our house. No, they it's through the internet. Through the internet. Well, they know what you're doing. Yeah, but let me let me close the tape recorders. God bless everybody. Right. God bless you. I thank you. Goodbye. I'm gonna I'm looking at this design mind control.
I wanted to see if it was coming through that tape. It's not even coming through. Wow. Mother is still on the phone. Yeah, you hung up that phone? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make some tea. Good night, Ann. I think I still hear somebody on. I said I'm going to make some tea. Now just watch this. <laughs> 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 
situation with this guy with the white hair. It all seems very friendly and civil and polite. I don't know why it's not coming through on this one.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.